In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Sunday Blessings This is the Lord's Day, the day of resurrection that commences a new week and offers a new opportunity to be drawn by grace more deeply into the paschal mystery of Jesus Christ. Through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, may each of us graciously respond to Jesus' invitation to live more deeply his passion, death, and glorious resurrection and ascension and be drawn into loving communion with God our Father. You are listening to Encountering Jesus with the Church Fathers, podcast pondering patristic commentary and insight on the sacred scriptures, the sacred liturgy, and living as a disciple of Jesus Christ. I am your host, Father Mark, and I welcome you to this podcast on the first Sunday of Lent. Guiding us this Sunday in opening the Word of God is once again St. Ephraim of Syria, who made his debut on this podcast last Sunday. Similar to the biographies of many of the Fathers of the Church, little is known of his background. He was born in the year 306 in Nisibus, present-day Nusaybin, Turkey, to Christian parents and baptized later in his youth. He lived a devout Christian life, and some historians contend that he attended the Council of Nicaea with the Bishop of Nisibus and afterwards served as chief catechist at the bishop's school. Ephraim is known to have spent time listening to St. Basil the Great, who ordained him a deacon. Basil wanted Ephraim to become a priest, and some accounts contend that Basil wanted him as a bishop in the metropolitan see of Caesarea in the province of Cappadocia. Ephraim declined both invitations and served the church as a deacon. Political tensions and eventual battles led to Nisibis being surrendered to the Persian Empire, sparking an exodus of many Christians, including Ephraim, from the city of Nisibis to Edessa, present-day Urfa, Turkey. In Edessa, he founded a catechetical school while living a very austere life, regularly assisting with the distribution of food for the poor, as well as caring for the sick. He died in the year 373. Throughout history, the deacon of Edessa has been given many titles, and among them, Harp of the Holy Spirit, is perhaps one of the more appropriate, as he wrote much poetry and hymns that were incorporated eventually into the sacred liturgies of the East 
He also penned numerous commentaries, as well as catechetical tracts on the sacraments, especially the Most Holy Eucharist and penance, together with tracts on church unity, the Blessed Virgin Mary, and the Incarnation and Passion of Jesus. This Sunday, we listened to an excerpt from his work entitled Commentary on Genesis, pondering the episode of Noah proclaimed at Mass today. The podcast description also contains a link to an article posted on my blog that reflects on Jesus' experience in the desert. And now, from St. Ephraim of Edessa's Commentary on Genesis. But after 150 days, the waters began to subside, and the ark came to rest on Mount Cardu. In the tenth month, the tops of the mountains were seen. In the 601st year, in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried from off the earth. In the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth was dry. Therefore, Noah and those with him had been in the ark 365 days. For from the 17th of the second month until the 27th of the same month the following year, according to the lunar reckoning, there were 365 days. Notice then that even the generation of the house of Noah employed this reckoning of 365 days in a year. Why then should you say that it was the Chaldeans and Egyptians who invented and developed it? Then God said to Noah, Go out you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives. Those whom he had brought in one by one in order to maintain chastity on the ark, he brought out two by two so that they might be fruitful and multiply in creation. Even with respect to the animals that had been preserved their chastity in the ark, God said, Bring forth with you every animal that is with you of all flesh, that they might breed on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on it. After Noah and all those with him went out, Noah took of every clean animal and offered up a whole burnt offering on an altar. Now, either every clean bird and beast was completely obedient to Noah after they came out, or on the day that they went out from the ark, Noah took from all clean flesh and offered an acceptable sacrifice to God, and so made the flood pass away from the earth.
The Lord smelled, not the smell of the flesh of animals or the smoke of wood, but he looked out and saw the simplicity of heart with which Noah offered the sacrifice from all and on behalf of all. And his Lord spoke to him as he desired that Noah hear, because of your righteousness, a remnant was preserved and did not perish in that flood that took place. And because of your sacrifice, that was from all flesh and on behalf of all flesh, I will never again bring a flood upon the earth. God thus bound himself beforehand by this promise, so that even if mankind were constantly to follow the evil thoughts of their in inclination, he would never again bring a flood upon them. And because there was neither planting nor harvest during that year, and the seasonal cycles had been disturbed, God restored to the earth that which had been taken away in his anger, and then said, All the days of the earth, planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night, shall not cease from the earth. For throughout the entire forty days of rain it had been night, and throughout the entire year, until the earth dried up, winter, with no summer, had been upon them. God also blessed Noah and his sons, that they might be fruitful and multiply, and that fear of them should fall upon all flesh, both in the sea and on dry land. Only you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, you shall eat no flesh that has not been slaughtered, and whose blood, which is its life, has not been drained. God established three covenants with Noah. One, they should not eat blood. One, of retaliation, that God would require the blood of animals. And one, that a murderer is to be put to death. I will require your blood from every beast and from the hand of man. He requires it now and in the future. He requires it now in the case of a death that he decreed for a murderer and also a stoning with which a goring bull is to be stoned. And at the end, at the time of resurrection, God will require that animals return all that they ate from the flesh of man. God said, From the hand of a man and of his brother, I will require the life of a man, just as satisfaction for the blood of Abel was required from Cain, that is, Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed.
The phrase, in the image of God he made, concerns his authority for, like God, he has the power to grant life and to kill. After these things, God made a covenant with Noah and with all those who came out of the ark with him, saying, All flesh shall never again perish in the waters of a flood. I will set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of eternal covenant between God and all flesh that is on earth. St. Ephraim of Edessa, pray for us. Let us pray. Grant, Almighty God, through the yearly observances of Holy Lent, that we may grow in understanding of the riches hidden in Christ and by worthy conduct pursue their effects. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord.